A UV light sanitizer that attaches to your phone. That's our text donation. I'm Fred Fishkin. Joining us from UV Seed, CEED, is Director of Research and Development, Justin Byers. Thanks for joining us, Justin. Glad to be here, Fred. Well, tell us a bit about the company and, and its background, first of all. Oh, sure, sure. So UV Seed is a spin out of a, of a medical research and development company, Benuti Technologies. So Dr. Benuti is a surgeon inventor um, who comes up with a lot of technologies in different spaces, a lot in the medical and surgical space. Uh, as a company, we have uh, approximately 500 patent and pending applications. Um, I function as the research and development director for that company. And one of the companies that has spun out more recently is UV Seed. During the pandemic, Dr. Benuti and I uh, were discussing ways that we could take what has been developed or technology in the, in the medical space and sort of bring that to consumers. Um, we saw a need, uh, because both Dr. Benuti and I travel a lot for work, to have something that could easily uh, be used and we with you all the time. So the product that we came up with was this UVC mobile light sanitizing phone accessory. I know that's a catchy name, but uh, we, we call it UVC for short. Um, and the device is small. It's you know, about the thickness of a, of, a, of a pen. I've got one here. And it has integrated uh, MagSafe magnets on the back, as well as some sensors, a Bluetooth radio, and a battery. But what you do is you just connect it to the back of a, of a MagSafe phone. If you've got an Android, we also ship a, a metal plate that the device can attach to. And then what we do is we tried to overcome what Peter and I both saw as limitations of current UV technology in the consumer space. So if you take UVC in a, like in a medical space, you know, they have robots that go into operating rooms as well as patients, uh, um, patients rooms, just the, the recovery rooms. And, and they'll wheel these, these robots in or they can drive in and they, they emit UV from all sorts of angles and very high output. And, and it's used to sterilize the room between patients. Um, you know, the consumer at this point had access to maybe UV wands or devices you can put your phone in. But the, but the issue that we saw with that when we bought some of these during the, the, the pandemic lockdown is really you, you, you don't have a good feel for are you using the device correctly? Um, is, is the device really treating where you think you're treating it? Because you can't see the UV rays. And also, are you holding the device or the UV sanitizer long enough in the, in the space that you're sanitizing? Because UV takes energy, um, which, is, which is a combination of the wattage or the output of the light and time. So you wanna, you wanna get time and wattage together. So what we did to, to overcome the limitations that we saw in the, in the consumer space is we did a meta-analysis of over 500 different pathogens. Um, we looked at different types of viruses, bacterias, um, even protozoa and fungi, and came up with a predictive algorithm that we use to estimate the level of reduction at a certain surface. Uh, 
And so that sort of got one of the two issues we saw with, with consumer electronic you know, adoption of, of UVC sterilization is one, am I using it long enough? So you know, when you use our device and on, the, uh, on our website, as well as on our YouTube channel, there's some videos of this that you can, you can watch. Um, but when you use the device, as you're treating, it will give you a real-time estimated reduction of any pathogens that may be on your on your keyboard or whatever you're treating. And it'll tell you if you hold this in this spot for so many more seconds, you'll get a 70% reduction. And it tells you the different milestones, 90%, 99%. But that was only one of the two issues that we saw with the current technology. The second one is because the light is out of the visible spectrum, you really just don't know what you're cleaning. You know, if you're going along with the Clorox wipe or something, you can sort of wipe the table and see where it's wet. You know, UVC doesn't give you that. So what we did is then we leveraged augmented reality and machine vision in the phone app. So while you're treating with the device, you pull up the UVC phone app and, and you can, like I say, uh, keyboards I always use because I've, you know, I've got a computer here in front of me, but one of the big uh, uses that I personally like them for is like airplane tray tables um, and TV remotes and hotels. But as you treat it, what you'll see is on the phone app, we overlay using the sensors in our device, a appropriately sized marker, if you will, and you paint the area you're treating. And the longer you stay on an area, you, you, you see the paint, if you will, go from a light blue to a dark blue, the darker blue indicating you've hit a 99.9% .9 reduction. Um, and the light blue is as low as a 70%. But what that allows the user to do now is clean something and actually know where they're clean. Once you're done with it, you can release the button. And if you're sort of a, a geek like I am, and, and, and probably a lot of internet people are, you can, you can go back over the app and look at the estimated reduction of all the different spaces you've cleaned. So we create a 3D space of, of what you're looking at. And this overlay stays through the whole time you've got your app open. So if I clean my keyboard and then go clean my phone over here, I could come back to my keyboard. And as I move the map or the... Um, the phone around and, and watch the app, I get a uh, estimated reduction of bacteria, of COVID, of uh, viruses, you know, more general viruses, as well as a total estimated reduction. Um, the last thing that we sort of did is we implemented machine vision to, to make this device really safe. So, you know, the, the current UV wands that you may see out there, you know, the OSHA has regulations and, and you know, I mean, there's regulations for everything. But, but one of them is to make sure people stay safe because you don't want to get UV in your eyes. You don't want to get it too much on your skin. It can cause something as minor as like a sunburn, but, but it, you know, prolonged exposure is, is not something that, that you, we want to have. So what we did is since we're watching everything through the app, we use machine vision to recognize if you're over a hand or any part of the human body um, over a cat or a dog. And, and it'll warn, the app will warn you. We say, oh, we've detected a human or we've detected an animal and we'll pause the output until you uh, move the, uh, the device away from that area and we'll restart the treatment. So what we wanted to have was was this device that, you know, as people start to, to venture out a little bit more, as 
as as work people or, or you know work travel I guess starts to resume you know something that can that can give a little peace of mind as you start getting back on airplanes or buses or or any any area where you're out and about the device is is pretty small has to be to fit on the back of a phone what does that mean as far as the length of time it takes to to sanitize say a keyboard you know, you can do an entire and the, and the battery life as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the battery, um, those are great questions because one of the things that uh, that UV LEDs uh, do is compared to a normal LED is they take a lot of current um, compared to a normal current or a normal LED. So we have a pretty large battery in here. Um, for me personally, I carry mine quite a bit and use it. We like to say you can get between two to three days and a week's worth of usage out of it. Um, I charge mine maybe about twice a week when we're doing coding because I use it constantly. Um, but for normal use, you know, I, I charge mine about, about once a week. It's got a, a USB-C connector. So you just plug it into your, your uh, laptop or whatever you need to charge it. Um, as far as how long it takes to sanitize a keyboard, you know, part of that depends on, if we're looking at a keyboard, the level of reduction you want to get. So one of the things that we sort of chart is our estimated reductions. Now, for me, some days if I uh, like if my kids have been using my computer maybe I don't care if I get a 99% reduction because I probably have most of their germs anyways but you know just to be safe sometimes I'll just go real quick and I mean to get like a 75-80% reduction of a, of a computer keyboard you're really just talking seconds. Um, now, if you go all the way to a 99.9% .9 reduction of a full keyboard, yeah, you maybe you're still in the second range, but maybe maybe like 20 seconds for a keyboard um, because you have to sort of paint on the uh, you know the 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 cleaning as you will, so you'd have to wipe down. Um, and I and we tried to make that time comparable to um, even a Clorox wipe. You know, one of the things that people don't always realize is that you know a lot of people will wipe something down, and and they'll assume as soon as they wipe it down that everything is is um, been killed or it's clean. You're actually even with a Clorox wipe, if you read them, you're supposed to wait. I think between thirty and 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 a, up to a, a minute or so to make sure that the that the, the the chemicals in the in the cleaning wipes have killed all of the virus or bacteria so we 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 tried to balance you know the portability and power and we think we came up with a, a compromise that, that works well for most people so what should people know about what this can and can't do perhaps well one of the things that you know we get a few questions um occasionally well can you can you uh treat someone who has COVID. Um, you know, I think everybody's got a little bit of concern on that. Obviously we, we can't, um, we, you can't, you can't use this on your hands. Um, you know, you can't, uh, you can't use, I mean, realistically, you wouldn't want to take this into an operating room, even though we designed medical uh, stuff and approached it from that, you wouldn't want to necessarily treat an entire room with it because, you know, that, that was never the intention. You know, and so you can't treat, like I mentioned, you can't treat people, you, you can't treat an entire room, but what it can do is give you the ability um, to, to really treat your everyday objects. You know, the stuff that you may come in contact with 
Um, daily, I mentioned computer keyboards, but for me, another one that, um, and I don't consider myself a germaphobe, but some of these I've always had issues with even before COVID. Um, you know, uh, I, the, the gas pumps at a, at a, uh, during the winter time, the gas pumps at a gas station. Um, I, I always go back to airline, um, uh, cause I used to travel a lot for work and I, I feel like everything in that airplane is has been touched by people who haven't washed their hands in in weeks i don't know if that's really true or not but uh so you know you get you can it can treat all of those things you interact with on a daily basis you can you know we've talked to people who uh use it for stuff outside of covid there was a there's a you know i mean or just standard disease stuff that we don't think about that there's been out you know people have had other products that were maybe niche products for cleaning stuff like makeup brushes, which I know very little about, but, you know, apparently you don't want, you don't want bad things growing in there, you know, so you can use it pretty much anything that you come in contact with. You know, I think that, you know, we've sort of designed it to be used for first, I won't say small objects, but again, not room size objects. So, you know, it's something that whether you're out in a restaurant, you know, we'll do it you know, when we've got the kids, you know, they, the kids always want to pick up and play with, I'm sure anyone who has had kids, you know, if there's a ketchup bottle, if there's a salt shaker, even if they don't need it, they've got to pick it up and touch it. Um, and that stuff doesn't get wiped down as much as it should have. It, it, it gives you the ability to, to sort of control your environment, at least what, what you interact with and make sure it's clean. Can it help with, say, uh, water? And yeah, you know, it into a glass of water, for instance. You know, that's an interesting question because that's one of the things that you know in the current software configuration we don't necessarily have it set up for that. But from the very beginning, that's been something that Dr. Benuti and I have talked about, um, especially because a lot of our early stuff, you know, our, our early discussions, as I'd mentioned, has to do with both of us doing a lot of you know travel, um, and every once in a while you always think about oh, when you're on these airplanes or when you're in another country boy, could, is this safe for me to drink? Now, one of the things that we're hoping to put in an upcoming software release is that the device itself has an accelerometer in it. So what we do, one of the things I didn't mention is we sort of track um, you know, the position of the phone in the device because we are using the camera as, as part of the system. And obviously if the device isn't on the phone, then the system doesn't function well together. So to, to, to make sure that the user is using it correctly, we track them in, in a 3D space. Now, one of the things that we're currently working on is the is, is something that related to that is the idea is, is a secondary mode of operation based off of separation. And one of those that we've been looking at is the, the treatment of fluids. So like when you grab a cup of coffee on an airplane or a glass of water, you could sterilize it and, and it uses a slightly different equation. So that's why we want to separate the two modes. Yeah. If you stick it over water, does UVC kill pathogens and water? Yes, it does but it would be a different predictive algorithm than the surface contact. So that's why we're adding that separate mode of operation. Tell us about the uh, availability and pricing. 
Yeah. So right now um, we're doing a little bit of pre-orders, as I'm sure that you've heard from many of your other guests. The uh, uh, electronics manufacturing has been a bit of a challenge these days. I, I've been in the industry now for over 20 years, and and parts that I you know used to be able to go on to DigiKey and grab now suddenly have long lead times. Um, so we do have a little bit of a of a delay on some of our deliveries, but not too bad. So we're looking at pre-orders that are happening right now to be shipping by the end of this month um, with a full rollout starting next month. And we're hoping to be in some box stores and some other things. We're working on those contracts now. Our price point that we're trying to hit is $149. I won't say trying to hit, that's already established. I misspoke there. So the, the price point of the device will be $149. And for more info and maybe to order, where can people go? Yeah, they can go to our website. It's at www.uvc.com. We also have a social media presence on most of the uh, of the social media platforms: you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and I think those are all of them. I'm 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 not the social media expert, but I think those are the big ones. Terrific. Again, it's uvceed.com. Justin Byers, thank you for taking the time with us. Thank you very much, Fred. Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio, and that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers, and that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC SkyWave SSB. Click on the link at textonation.com.